friends welcome back to the broadcast i'm sean your host website is www.scriptureandprophecy.com well i hope you all are well this morning uh, we're going to do part three of our the last generation uh, looking at the book of enoch and we're going to read a little bit uh, from chapter 80 and then a little bit from chapter 62 and then we'll end the broadcast today with the ten weeks, ten prophetic weeks of Enoch, uh, where he kind of breaks down uh, history, the prophetic history of the world. And uh, so, I think you'll find it uh, interesting. Uh, we have covered this stuff before, but uh, we're just kind of revisiting it uh, because of the times that we seem to be living in right now. Also, just want to encourage everyone because I understand how discouraging uh, it can be right now, uh, as we look at all the wickedness going on in the world and here in the United States, and we look at all the deceptions and all the lies, and everything evil is now good, and everything good is now evil, and uh, what we're we're just witnessing what the Bible describes how society will act in the last days, the mindset of the people. Evil will be called good, and good will be called evil. And uh, I just want to encourage all of you in the faith and to remember that our peace and our hope and our joy comes from the Creator, comes from God, comes from Jehovah, and uh, comes from His Son, Jesus, Yeshua. And all of our hope is in that. Um, and the, you know, He will preserve and protect and... Um, it all works out for his beloved in the end. Um, but we have to persevere in the faith. And these times are trying and difficult. And it's during these times that we find out really what our faith is actually made of. And we discover who we really are in the faith and what it is that we truly believe. When, uh, when these tests come rolling down. So be at peace. Uh, take comfort in God and know that that's the only place you're going to find it. Alright. Let's take a look at some of these verses of the book of Enoch describing the last generation. I'm going to start with a few verses from chapter 80. We'll be skipping around a lot today. Dealing with the end times. I'm just reading from the Ken Johnson version just because I this is the one I have all bookmarked. And so it's just easier. Chapter 80, starting with verse 2. In the days of sinners, the years will be shortened, and their seed will be tardy on their lands and fields, and all the things on the earth will alter. It will not appear in their time, and the rain will be kept back, and the heaven will retain it. In those times, the fruit of the earth will be tardy, and will not grow in their time, and the fruits of the trees will be withheld in their time. The moon's order will be altered, and not appear at a proper time. 
In those days the sun will be seen and will journey in the evening on the extremity of a great chariot in the west and will shine more brightly. Many chiefs of the stars of command will err. These will alter their orbits and task and not appear at the seasons prescribed to them. The whole order of the stars will be concealed from the sinners and the thoughts of those on earth will err concerning them and they will be altered from their ways and they will err and consider them to be gods. Evil will increase upon them and punishment will come upon them to destroy all. So according to Enoch, in the days of sinners, the years will be shortened. The seasons will kind of be out of whack. Which I've, I don't know about you guys, but I've been beginning to, to feel like that's already been happening for a while. You know, where it seems like the hotter part of the day is late afternoon. And, may, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just remembering wrong. But I always felt like when I was a kid, the hottest part of the day was like noon, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. Not 5 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock. It also seems that winter doesn't get started till later and then it moves in till later and then the spring and summer doesn't really show up till it, it already seems to be shifting to me personally, but I could be wrong. But Enoch says even the luminaries are going to kind of, and the sun and the moon are even going to behave differently, which is interesting. Let's move on to chapter 62. This is dealing with the second coming of Messiah. Thus the Lord commanded the kings, mighty exalted and those who dwell on the earth, and said, Open your eyes, lift up your horns if you were able to recognize the elect one. And the Lord of spirits seated him on the throne of his glory, and the spirit of righteousness was poured out upon him, and the word of his mouth slew all the sinners. And the unrighteous were destroyed from before his face. There will stand up in that day, all the kings, the mighty, the exalted, and those who hold the earth, and they will see and recognize how he sits on his glorious throne. And the righteous, righteousness is judged before him, and no lying word is spoken before him. Then will pain come upon them as a woman in travail, in a hard birth, when her child enters the mouth of the womb, and she has pain in giving birth. And one portion of them will look on the other, and they will be terrified. They will be downcast of countenance, and the pain will seize them when they see that the Son of Man sitting on the throne of his glory. Enoch is describing that all the leaders of the world, all their wealth, all their pride, they're going to be in absolute terror when they see the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Verse 6. And the kings and the mighty and all those who possess the earth will bless and glorify and exalt him who rules over all who was hidden. From the beginning of the Son of Man was hidden, and the Most High preserved him in the presence of his, of his might and revealed him to the elect. And the congregation of the elect and the holy will be sown, and all the elect will stand before him on that day. And all the kings and the mighty and the exalted and those who rule the earth will fall down before him on their faces and worship and set their hope upon that Son of Man, and petition him and ask him for mercy, 
You know, the Bible talks about how all, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. So these people who are not saved, even still, at his appearing, they are going to be terrified and they are going to fall on their knees and worship him. Of course, they're, 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 their portion is still in the lake of fire, but even, even the mightiest men of earth will be bowing down. Verse 10 says, Nevertheless, the Lord of spirits will so press them that they will hastily go forth from his presence, and their faces will be filled with shame, and the darkness grow deeper on their faces. He will deliver them to the angels for punishment, to execute vengeance on them because they have oppressed his children and his elect. They will be a spectacle for the righteous and for his elect. They will rejoice over them because the wrath of the Lord of Spirits rests upon them, and his sword is drunk with their blood. The righteous and the elect will be saved on that day, and they will never again see the face of the sinners and unrighteous. The Lord of Spirits will abide with them, and the Son of Man will they eat, lie down, and rise up with him forever. The righteous and the elect will rise from the earth and cease to be of downcast countenance, and they will be clothed with a garment of eternal life. These will be the garments of life from the Lord of Spirits. And your garments will not grow old, nor your glory pass away before the Lord of Spirits. In those days will the mighty kings who possess the earth implore him to grant them a little respite from his angels of punishment to whom they were delivered, that they might fall down and worship before the Lord of Spirits and confess their sins before him. And they will bless and glorify the Lord of Spirits and say, Blessed is the Lord of Spirits and the Lord of Kings and the Lord of the Mighty and the Lord of Rulers and the Lord of Glory and the Lord of Wisdom and every secret is clear. Your power from generation to generation and your glory forever. Deep are all your innumerable secrets and your righteousness is beyond reckoning. Now we know that we should glorify and bless the Lord of Kings the rules, the, who rules over all kings. So in those days, the, the wicked, the wicked kings of the earth, the leaders of the earth, they're going to try to kiss up to the Lord at this point. They're going to say, now we know who you are, and, and please give us a, a reprieve, a, a respite from the punishment of the angels. And we know you're this, and you're blessed, and you're the king of kings. Verse 5 says, They will say, Who will give us rest to glorify, give thanks, and confess our faith before his glory? Now we long for a little rest, but cannot find it. We are driven away and cannot obtain it. And light has vanished from before us, and darkness is our dwelling place forever. For we have not believed before him, nor glorified the name of the Lord of spirits. But our hope was in the scepter of our kingdom and our glory. And in the day of our suffering and tribulation, he did not save us. And we find no respite for confession that our Lord is true in all his works, judgment and justice and his judgments have no respect of person. We will disappear before his face on account of our works, and all of our sins are reckoned upon the righteous. So they will try, but then they will recognize that it's too late. You know, the Bible says that today is the day of salvation. You have to get yourself right with the Lord now. You can't try to backtrack and and, all, and and then acknowledge him as Lord after he's already arrived and proclaimed the judgment. 
There's going to be no escape, no hope for these people who have done all this evil, who have orchestrated all this deception. Verse 10. Now they will say to themselves, Our souls are full of righteous gain, but it does not prevent us from going into the painful flames of hell. After that, their faces will be filled with darkness and shame before that Son of Man, and they will be driven from His presence, and the sword will abide before His face in their midst. Thus said the Lord of Spirits, This is the ordinance and the judgment with respect to the mighty and the kings of the exalted, and the exalted and those who possess the earth before the Lord of Spirits. And I saw other forms hidden in that place. I heard the voice of the angel saying, These are the angels who descended from heaven to earth and revealed what was hidden to the children of men and seduced the children of men into committing sin. So not only are the kings of the earth, like the people who have rejected God and oppressed the righteous, they're going into this place called hell. And Enoch is saying, I heard some other voices that were kind of in this, this place of torment also. And the angel explains to Enoch that it, it's... The, that what he's hearing is basically the the cries of the fallen angels who came down during the time of Jared and Noah that you read about in Genesis chapter 6, that you read about in Enoch chapter 6 that came down and seduced the earth and committed all those crimes. They are also in the lake of fire. All right, let's look at the 10 prophetic weeks of Enoch, which describes all of human history. And uh, we'll also, well, before that, we'll read chapter 92, which deals with the resurrection of the saints and then the 10 prophetic weeks. So let's take a look at that. So chapter 92 and 93 here. Chapter 92, verse 1. This instruction in wisdom was written by Enoch for every man of dignity, judge of the earth, all his children who dwell on the earth, and future generations who practice righteousness and peace. Do not let your spirit be troubled on account of the times, for the Holy Great One has appointed days for all things. Let's just stop right there and acknowledge that verse. Kind of reminds me of what I was trying to say at the beginning of the show, but was having trouble articulating it. Do not be troubled by the signs. Of Let's just read that again. Do not let your spirit be troubled on account of the times. For the Holy Great One has appointed days for all things. The Righteous One will arise from sleep. He will arise and walk in the paths of righteousness, and all His paths and all His ways will be in eternal goodness and grace. He will be gracious to the righteous and give them eternal life. And He will give them power so that they will be endowed with goodness and righteousness. They will walk in eternal light, and sin will perish in darkness forever, and will no more be seen from that day forevermore. You see, once we step into eternity, we are going to give we are going to be given supernatural power to walk with goodness and righteousness. Sin will no longer be something that we battle with. It says they will walk in eternal light, and sin will perish in darkness forever. Now he begins the ten prophetic weeks here in chapter 93. After that, Enoch began to recount from the books. Enoch said, I wish to tell you about the children of righteousness, the elect of the world, 
and the plant of uprightness. I, Enoch, will declare them to you, my sons. And they appeared to me in the heavenly vision. And as I have been told by the word of the holy angels and have read from the heavenly tape tablets, Enoch began to recount the books and said, I was born on the seventh day in the first week, while justice and righteousness still endured. That's the first week. Second week. After me they will arise in the second week great wickedness and deceit will spring up afterwards will be the first end. So he's talking about the flood. Mankind will be saved, but unrighteousness will receive, even though he will make a law for sinners. Third week. After that, during the third week, a man will be elected as the plant of righteous judgment, and his posterity will become the plant of righteousness forevermore. Probably talking about Abraham. Fourth week. After that, during the fourth week, visions of the holy and righteous will be seen, and a law for all generations, and an enclosure will be made for them. And, and look, I'm going off some of the footnotes here. This is probably talking about God at Mount Sinai giving the law to Moses, and then the tabernacle being made, right? Fifth week. After that, during the fifth week, the house of dominion will be built forever glorified. So Ken, Ken Johnson thinks that that's talking about Solomon's temple. Sixth week. After that, in the sixth week, all who live in it will be blinded and their hearts will be godlessly forsake, their hearts will godlessly forsake wisdom. In it, a man will ascend and at its close, the house of dominion will be burnt with fire and the whole race of the chosen root will be dispersed. So the sixth week is clearly talking about the first coming of Messiah, right? And he was rejected, and then the temple was burnt down, and all of you know, all of Israel was dispersed throughout the whole world, right? Seventh week. After that, in the seventh week, an apostate generation will arise. The rebellion will manifest in many different ways. At its close, the elect righteous of the eternal plant of righteousness will be rewarded with sevenfold instruction concerning all his creation. Um, he doesn't really give a lot of footnotes on that. That could just be talking, you know, it says after that, the, the apostate generation, uh, the, it could be dealing with the, the time of the Roman Catholic Church. Um, it's hard to say. Um, he goes, uh, Enoch goes on to, describe some more things here verse 11 who is there all of the children of men who is able to hear the voice of the holy one with trembling who can think his thoughts or who is there that can behold all the works of heaven who could behold the heaven understand the things of heaven see his soul and spirit and relate to it or ascend and see their ends and think and do like them who is the man who could know what is the breadth and the length of the earth and to whom has been shown the measure of all them? Or is there anyone who could discern the length and height of heaven? What is it founded upon, or could number the stars and know where all the luminaries rest? Then he goes into the eighth week. After that, there will be another, the eighth week, that of righteousness. A sword will be given to it. So it'll pass righteous judgment on the oppressors, and sinners will be delivered into the hands of righteous, 
During its completion, they will acquire houses through their righteousness, through their righteousness, and a house will be built for honor of the great king forever. Now, Ken Johnson thinks this is talking about basically the church age, the Protestant Reformation, where we started to build churches to the Lord all over the planet, right? And spread, the gospel began to spread all over earth. And then we have the ninth week. And after that, in the ninth week, the righteous judgment will be revealed to the whole world. And all the works of the godless will vanish from the earth, and the world will be written down for destruction. And all men will look to the path of integrity. So then we have to ask ourselves, if these prophetic weeks are accurate, and we know all the ones written going back are accurate, right? We could debate about the eighth week, but if you take the first seven... That lines up perfectly with what happened in history. So here's what the ninth week says. Well, I just, well, I, just I read it, but let me read it again. I think, and according to Ken Johnson's notes, he believes that this is the time we're living in right now. When judgment could be revealed at any moment. After that, in the ninth week, the righteous judgment will be revealed to the whole world. And all the works of the godless will vanish from the earth, and the world will be written down for destruction. And all men will look to the path of integrity. So, we are somewhere in between the 8th and ninth week, in my opinion. Although, sometimes I look at the 7th week and think maybe that's where we're actually at. Because the seventh week says, after that, in the seventh week, an apostate generation will arise. The rebellion will manifest in many different ways. At its close, the elect righteous of eternal plant of righteousness will be rewarded with a sevenfold instruction concerning all of his creation. So it's debatable. We could actually be, you know, that could be talking about, like I said, like the Roman Catholic era. Or it could be dealing with us right now. Or we really could be in the, you know, in the eighth week, going into the ninth week, where great trouble and tribulation is coming upon the entire earth. And that's probably more accurate and more likely. And so, what follows that is the last week, which is the tenth week. And after this, in the tenth week, in the seventh part, there will be great eternal judgment in which he will judge the watchers, talking about the fallen angels, the great eternal heavens will appear from the midst of the angels. The first heaven will depart and pass away, and a new heaven will appear, and all the powers of heaven will give sevenfold light forever. After that there will be many weeks without number forever, and all will be in goodness and righteousness, and sin will no more be mentioned forever. Now I tell you, my sons, and show you the path of righteousness and the path of violence. I will show them to you again, that you may know what will come to pass. And now listen to me, my sons. Walk in the paths of righteousness, not in the paths of violence, for all who walk in the paths of unrighteousness will perish forever. So according to Enoch, which lines up with what the Bible describes, in the last two weeks, you're going to have tribulation that comes upon the entire earth, 
then comes the judgment of the wicked and eternity for the righteous. Here's what we know for sure. We're in that mist. We're in that mix of the end where really tribulation could appear upon the earth at any moment and we're seeing the birth pains now. Right? And just like birth, the birth pains are getting worse and worse year over year. And the chaos is getting worse and worse year over year. And every year, more and more peace is taken from the earth, right? And more and more social unrest is happening. And economic turmoil is happening. And just wickedness and satanic worship and all this evil. We're witnessing it. We're the generation that's seeing all of this come to pass. Which means our redemption draws nigh. I like what the book of Enoch says, you know, don't be troubled by the signs of the times. God has appointed all of this. He's got it all worked out. Trust in him. He tells us in the book of Isaiah, go into your chambers and hide yourself for a little while until the indignation be overpassed. And, you know, the chamber for which we hide is under the wings of God. Now is the time to walk ever so closely to the Lord. Do not let the signs and the times that you're living in discourage you or cause you to fear or cause your faith to waver. Instead, draw all the more near to Jesus. Draw all the more near to your Heavenly Father. Draw all the more near to His Scriptures. Do even more praying. Do even more good with the work of your hands. Be even more kind. Be even more bless, blessing. Bless people even more. Be even more merciful. Be even more kind. Be even more charitable to those in need. And gather with people who are like-minded in the faith, like the book of Hebrews says. Which in the book of Hebrews it says, and do that all the more as you see that day approaching. I hope you've been encouraged this morning, friends. Just a reminder, this broadcast is 100% listener supported. doesn't happen without you and your support. Please consider supporting it by going to scriptureandprophecy.com and all the options are right there on the website. Or if you're watching, listening on YouTube, it's in the description. Thank you for all you've done for me, all your prayers, all your blessings. Peace and grace be with all of you, and until next time, God bless.